Today's episode of The Goldcast is sponsored by Pillows. Have you tried sleeping on your bed without a pillow? It sucks. It hurts. The bed is stiff. There's nowhere really for your face to go. So next time you're going to sleep, try using Pillows, the preferred sleeping arrangement for people everywhere since the beginning of time. Uh, Raymond, before we get started, let them know where can they find us. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thegoldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at thegoldcast underscore. You can also follow us on Instagram at thegoldcast. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the exact same moniker, The Goldcast, baby. And do hit that subscribe button because that'll keep you up to date and give you notifications when we go live, um, as well as... Subscribing to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whenever we put pictures or articles up. Boom. Follow, like, subscribe. Here we go. We're getting into it. The uh, And even though it's only the 11th and the playoffs don't start till the 15th, this is going to be our playoff preview because most things are locked up. We got our boy Pete Zimmer back in the building. PDZ, he's here to break it down. We're going to get started just at the intro. Here we go. Goldcast. Let's do it. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Suisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. And our special guest, Pete PDZ. Pete's in the building. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. Hell yeah. All right. So, the Zimmer Man. The Zimmer Man. The Z Man. <laughs> so, here we go, guys. So, another edition of the Goldcast. If you're listening to the Goldcast, you're here because you have come to this place because you want biased opinions. We are not here to uh, pretend that we like other teams. We are proud supporters of the Bay. We're proud supporters of Bay Area teams, even though we don't always necessarily agree on those same teams in the Bay. This is the destination spot for Warriors, Giants, Niners, Raiders, sometimes even A's. So here we go. Let's get into it. NBA playoff preview. It is Tuesday, April 11th. And the guy, I mean, it's pretty much locked up in the West. We're going to start with the Warriors. First game is on Saturday. So playoff standings as it goes right now, guys. We've got the Warriors, obviously, in first place. we got Spurs, second Rockets, third, Clippers, fourth, Jazz, Thunder, Grizzlies, and the Trail Blazers all have clinched a playoff berth. It's it's pretty much locked up. So let's start first. Uh, Pete, you're our guest of honor. So why don't you, you, you hand it off first? Who do you see as being a challenge for the Warriors? Do you see a challenge for the Warriors? And w- break down what do you think the difference, what's the difference between this playoffs and last year's playoffs? That's a lot. So pick whatever you want. Uh, first of all, like real quick, I don't think there will be much of a challenge. I think that depending on whoever gets hot, um, I think the most intriguing matchup of all of the first round matchups is probably going to be uh, Captain Ballhog Olympics, the uh, Harden uh, Westbrook uh, matchup. And I think that the Clippers in Utah will be pretty good. Uh, I don't think, not unless they get that Gorsuch guy from the 
Trailblazers, I think the Warriors should honestly dominate that series. They should sweep those guys. If they get, if they take it to five, that would be okay. I heard on the heard Greg Papa talking today that uh, saying he didn't want any two two series in the first couple rounds, and I I have to agree with him wholeheartedly on that. So, especially against Portland, I mean Portland. Portland. This is the same to me. This is the same caliber matchup we had the last two years against the Pelicans. <clears throat> Yeah. In ter- well, actually, Portland was better the previous two years, but um, at where Portland is now is is reminds me exactly about of the Pelicans. They're just they just don't have enough firepower, and Golden State should sweep them just like they swept the Pelicans the previous two years. Yeah, I think I especially without Gorsuch, who I haven't seen play, but I was hearing hearing really good things about. Without him, I no chance. No chance at all. Definitely not in the first round. And I, I, I agree. I think the most intriguing matchup is Rockets Thunder for for for, for ball hog supremacy. <laughs> yes, for ball well, hog. Well, well, actually, I, I think um, well, you know, it's funny you guys mentioned ball hog because Harden to me seems more a legitimate MVP candidate this year than in the previous um, two. And I think the biggest reason is because he's really sort of solidified himself as more of a traditional point guard i think he still he still hogs the ball but not not necessarily the way he did the previous two years when he was sort of sort of cementing himself as hey now i'm a starting point guard let me show you what i can do and a lot of that credit i think goes to mike d'antoni who did the same thing to steve nash when steve nash came from the dallas mavericks over to the phoenix suns um i followed steve nash when he went over to the phoenix suns and he he basically turned Steve Nash, you know, Steve Nash, uh, part of it is obviously Steve Nash, Steve Nash has incredible skill passing and shooting. But at the same time, he went to a team that couldn't do anything and, you know, turned them into legitimate contenders and won two back-to-back MVPs. <clears throat> yeah, but you can also think, uh, I mean, first of all, I don't think we talked about this last week and it's changed for me since I spoke with you last, Rudy. Um I think Westbrook has pretty much all but cinched up the MVP. And the other person you can thank is not just Mike D'Antoni for the improvement in James Harden's game. It's You can also thank Dwight Howard for leaving because that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he hated that dude. So. <laughs> you can, man. I think every, everybody hates that guy. Oh, yeah. man. I don't understand. He seems like a really nice guy, and then everybody hates playing with him. Because he, he, he sucks. He sucks as a teammate. And the problem is he does it with a smile. <laughs> that just doesn't. I think that rubs people the wrong way. He literally does it with a smile. He literally does it with a smile. I think the, also the problem with Dwight Howard is that Dwight, Dwight Howard, I feel like he he gives off the impression. Whether or not this is true, I don't know. I never talked to Dwight Howard. But he gives off the impression that he doesn't want to play basketball. That like he's like, well, I was just this big and I was just this good and I had nothing else to do. I, you know, my Saturdays were open, so I just played basketball. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he'd probably Saturdays be like happy open. dorking out at like some fucking like uh, Comic Con somewhere doing something like that. Just just being as happy as long as he could be obsessed with it. But you know, when you're seven foot and you're built like an actual Mack truck, it's kind of hard. Yeah, well, I I think some of that, some of the pressure, I think some of the pressure got to him too because he was projected to be, you know, the the next Shaq, if not the next, you know, the 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 
the next guy to succeed Shaq is to surpass Shaq because his size was even more formidable and more impressive than than Shaq's. And and he just never lived up to the height, although he did have some really good years in Orlando. And after he left Orlando, it just kind of was downhill from there. He still puts up good numbers. He's just a shitty teammate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, because, dude, James Harden, as soon as he left town, James Harden was like, dude, thank God that guy's gone. Because James Harden could give two shits less about him last year. And I mean, that guy's probably the best guy to throw a lob to in the, in the game. And that's like half, that's like about 40% of the offense in, in Houston right now. And they mm. couldn't seem to work that out last year. So No, not at all. Houston, Houston's an interesting matchup. And let me ask you guys. How do you guys feel about the Spurs this year? I just feel like despite their 61 wins, they're just not really a threat. Am I alone in this feeling? No. No, uh, I don't think so. And the, I think everyone kind of feels the same way. I mean, they're doing what they're doing good because they have a terrific system. The problem is they don't have the stamina um, to 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 go the distance the way they used to. I mean, Tony, Tony Parker in the in the last win against Golden State, Tony Parker I think played 24 minutes and he had zero points in 24 minutes. Um, that is Dude's very old. unlike Tony Parker of old. I mean, these these guys are just old. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you got to think about it. That guy was having like at least two seasons. I mean, stealing people's wives and. <laughs> And play for the Spurs? It's a lot of miles, man. You get worn out, man. And the brother can only be around to just keep it up for so long. I mean, he's not he's not as old as Ginobili, and Ginobili looks like he could still play, but Tony Parker cannot. But his whole game was predicated on speed and quickness, so once that goes, it's like, there's a cliff. You might as well walk off it. Yeah, and part of the problem, mm-hmm. too, I think, is that mm-hmm. right now the Spurs – they're they're just not they're just not a sexy destination spot and Cleveland and obviously Golden State are sexy destination spots. This is why you have players that want to play there and right now they're they're not. So you know this year they, they didn't really attract anyone big. It didn't even look like they really went aggressively for well, anyone big. Guys, they got good guys. They just don't have any outside of Kawhi Leonard. Do they have any superstars like outside of Kawhi, like a legitimate superstar? Like. Oh. Well, oh, Pal Pal Gasol is good. <clears throat> okay, hold yeah. up. Pal Gasol is good. Pal Gasol, star. Pa- Pal Gasol. can you hear us? Yeah, he's old, but he's good. Uh, pa- Pal Gasol, he can still play. Yeah, Pal Gasol's good. He's not a superstar. Like Kevin Durant's a superstar. Steph Curry's a superstar. Kyrie Irving's a superstar. LeBron James is a superstar. Kawhi Leonard's a superstar. Pal Gasol's not a superstar. He he's past uh, his prime. He's Aldridge, good. Aldridge. Yeah, Aldridge is Aldridge is soft, dude. That guy's that guy's tissue paper soft. Bam, and He's I think soft. that's the problem is that outside of Kawhi Leonard, there isn't really another superstar on that team that can really help anchor that team. And no, get them. yeah, at, at at the height of the Spurs, it was the big three: Tim Duncan, superstar; Tony Parker was a superstar in his prime, a kind of a kind of a, a lesser degree superstar, and of course, Manu was kind of like. Uh, supporting you know best supporting cast member you know he he was terrific off the bench you know he's not like a consistent all-star every year kind of guy but you know he's a good he's a great passer he's a decent shooter and you know he has this really awkward he 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 moves in in this really awkward way where he could just make these really in his prime he could make these really incredible shots off balance just doing these weird movements oh similar to the way uh james harden travels to the to the paint only manu would be much more uh not as graceful 
uh, and doing so, but would still make the shot somehow. But uh, they just can't do that anymore. You know, Aldridge was a great addition, but I don't. But he's like you said, he's not star power. Pau Gasol's past his prime, but he's he's still a solid contributor. To um, to I think he's a solid player. Um, and all they got is Kawhi Leonard, who's who's kind of now taking the mantle from. Tim Duncan, um, albeit from, uh, from a different position, but the same, almost the same exact temperament. <clears throat> yeah, I, the, uh, you know what's surprising is is in a point guard dominated league, and as good of a coach as Popovich is, there are, I honestly think I'd worry more about the Spurs this year if they had another point guard. It, I mean. Patty Mills, you know, what same areas respect there, but other than that, I mean, he's a backup. He's a really good mm-hmm. backup, but he's definitely not going to when you're having to face like Chris Paul down the road or Steph Curry or you know, anybody or Harden else. and Westbrook. <laughs> oh yeah, Harden or Westbrook or I mean, Damon Lillard. Adam, I mean, Adam, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, when you think about it, the West is dominated by extremely uh, successful point guards and playmakers and they don't have that. I mean, as great as Kawhi is, and their system moves the ball around so they can cover up that deficiency. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, I never really did the list before, but all the, all of, I mean, even the guys, I mean, maybe Utah is the only place that they have a better point guard. You know, I mean, think about it. Yeah, when we go down the list, it's, you know, Steph. Yeah, Steph wins that one. Um, I mean, San Antonio's two, three is, is, Harden, four is uh, Chris Paul, mm-hmm. five is whoever it is from Utah. I still don't know, even though I watched the game last night. It's like four different guys. <laughs> uh, well, I, I would I would put Damian Lillard above Utah. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying I'm just saying if you go down the list of one through eight, who which who's who who's San Antonio's point guard is better, you know? Oh every, yeah, every team except for Utah. Their, their point guard is better, like a lot better. Like we're talking like they all have a superstar point guard, except for Utah. That's a really mm-hmm. good point, and you're you're definitely right. Let me ask you. Let me ask you guys a question: Who who do the Warriors see in the Western Conference Finals? I think it's I think it's the Rockets, but I want to see who you guys think. Mm. I do, I think that team's a year away from 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 doing it. Yeah, I think it's more. still too good of a system. I I think I they think get past OKC though. <clears throat> yeah, I well I think I think the Rockets beat OKC easily. I think that's five. If that goes six games, that'll be because Jim um, Russell Westbrook's playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. So who do you who do they see in the Western Conference Finals? I'd like to say San Antonio. I would, you know, my dream scenario Hit it. of this year's playoffs, I would like to see San Antonio and shut those fools up. And then I would like to see uh, Cleveland. And like, like I said before, they better not fuck this up because I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland doesn't get their shit together. And I fuck, up my, fuck up my season. I'm, I'm going to be mad. Yeah, and in terms of team... In terms of team skill, I would say San Antonio, but the but we just went over the point that they don't have the stamina endurance to get to go the distance anymore. So I would not be surprised if they don't make it to the Western Conference Finals. And if they don't make it, then I would probably put my money between. Uh, I probably put my money on Houston. They're the only one that seems. I mean, Memphis. Memphis actually plays really good defense. They just don't have a lot of offensive power. Yeah. 
but they've got they've got better. But I I, I have to agree with you, Ray, on the point. And Me- Memphis plays Golden State really well every year, even though they lose majority of those games. <laughs> That's true. That's the one team I don't want to face. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get them get in their face on that. Not not at that level, because then they're going to have a whole new psyche. Being being that far, you know, the regular season they play us all. They already play us with with like with a fearless kind of like we don't care, we're gonna give you all we've got, you know. But to to have that mindset going with them in the Western Conference Final, I think would would give Golden State a little bit of trouble getting past them. I think they would still win Golden State, but that was a, that's a series that could easily go um, six games, if not maybe even seven. <clears throat> yes, that would that would be a tough series. I think. Um... They just don't have the outside shooting still. Um, mm. Memphis doesn't, in my opinion. But I, I really believe, man, that if it's not San Antonio, it's probably be Houston, which would suck because that'll be a freaking free throw shooting contest. And you want to watch like, Clay actually like have the only time he gets mad at refs is when he plays James Harden. The rest mm. of the time, you can't tell what Clay is thinking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but when he plays James Harden, he gets mad. Mm-hmm. And it's because they call fouls on him that aren't fouls. Because James Harden just runs into guys and they call a foul on him. So, right, and it's annoying. And Clay, Clay is God. He is so textbook surgical in his form, whether it's defense or offense. This guy is so textbook, and he's so he's. Kawhi Leonard is the best NBA player, meaning two way player in the NBA. And number two is Clay Thompson, and he is not that far behind. That's a really good point. He's just a little – I think Kawhi Leonard is just a little bit more freakish athletically, which is the only difference. But, I mean, Clay is that much better of a shooter that, that it makes it a very small gap. It, it balances mm-hmm. it out because, yeah, Clay Clay obviously has the offensive prowess and he has the, the three-point skills that Kawhi does not, you know. Yeah, but Kawhi, Kawhi I mean, his, his turnaround jump shot has become – Pretty freaking lethal, and there was a guy in Chicago who was pretty good at that. And in LA, who, who once they mastered that turnaround jump shot, turnaround fadeaway jump shot, they were making points for a lot of years. Right, and Kawhi, Kawhi obviously has a different role. You know, Clay's a shooting guard. Kawhi is a distributor slash scorer. Um, you know, and he plays defense. And Clay's kind of a she's he's a guy that has to create shots for himself. Um, and because he has that that sort of unassuming demeanor, um, I think it works to his benefit even when he is trying to get the open shot because you're like focused on um, whether Curry's going to do something like that or whether you know big ass Kevin Durant is going to do something now that he's back and looks pretty fresh, a little a little rusty offensively, but still pretty. These legs look great. Um, but Clay, on the other hand, is the silent assassin that just kind of stealths his way into a into a shooting position and whether it's off balance or 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 whether he gets to square up which is majority of what he what he does because he's that good um he is you know the second best shooter in the league mm-hmm. yeah it's true it's very very easy to lose track of him very much well, so. well he doesn't need the ball i mean he touches the ball and the ball's out of his hand and it's like okay he had the ball for all of like i don't know a second and a half, and then the ball is up and going through the through the basket. I mean, the ball actually yeah. in his hand is like nothing. Uh-huh. The 60-point game, I think he had the ball for like what? Uh, like 11, uh, I forget. 11 yeah, minutes. Yeah, 11 minutes. <laughs> 11 minutes or 11 dribbles. I think it was 11 dribbles. Is that what it was? Yeah, something ridiculous. Some stat, when I heard it, I was like, that's not even humanly possible. And then I, I kept watching like all the like the, when they spliced to get up together all the points and they show that all over 
like the Warriors website, I was like watching it and I was like, geez, that's really not a lot of time having the ball in your hand. Like I didn't even see him dribble. They just kept throwing it to him and he kept shooting. Exactly. Him and Clay are the two best catch and shoot players in the association and they're on the same team. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> poor, poor Damian Lillard. I feel bad because he's actually a really stand-up player. He's the type of guy that could easily be a warrior because of how, how much of a class act he is, and he's unselfish, and he's a total team guy, but he just plays for a crappy team. Like, his his cast sucks. Um, they even brought Hesse yeah. over there, and he didn't do nothing. Hasn't done nothing. I think he's injured, or he was injured. Oh, the Gorsuch guy? Yeah. He no, uh, uh, Festus Azili. Oh, did they? Yeah, well, Festus, Festus is out for the year. The only the only one who, yeah, Festus is out. Uh, the only center who's actually doing good is most Bates, who's actually putting up more, more offensive points with the Clippers. Well, yeah, and he also told him to shut the hell up, which I absolutely loved, which is why Mo Buckets will always be a legend in Oakland. He's like, why don't you? Hey, by the way, we like he basically told him in the beginning of the year it was the best quote ever. Like, you guys complain to the refs, and it doesn't seem to be working because we kicked y'all's ass the last couple of years. Why don't you try something different? <laughs> like, <laughs> I I so hope we get like Utah is a pretty good team. They're an up and coming team, but you've got to learn how to win in the playoffs. And I hope yeah. we get Clippers in the second round, and we just spank them and send them off crying. That, um, that would make me so happy. I the Clippers just drive me nuts. Oh man, they drive. They've always driven me crazy. Even when they first started getting really good, because when they first started coming up, I was like at their height. I was I moved here in LA in 2012, and I mean it was just man, the bandwagon for the Clippers was huge. And even then, I was like, I cannot stand this team. This is like Laker light, and it's not even good. I just I was never a fan. And so seeing the dominance of the Warriors over the Clippers has made me so happy. Well, you know what? You know what? I, I'll never be able to get this out of my head. Like, I was watching a Warrior-Clipper game, and I remember Isaiah Thomas, one of the first times that he was on, I don't remember if it was on TNT or NBA TV. I forget what I was watching. But he said, like, you know, once you learn, like, he said, it was the same way with Michael and all these other guys. He's like, once you learn to beat one of your rivals, you never give it back. And Steph Curry wanted to beat Chris Paul, and he's never given it back. And he's not giving it back until somebody else takes it from Steph Curry. Yeah. And that's a couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, ever ever and, since that second round elimination series. Yeah, exactly. And it's Steph Curry. And you can see it. You can see Russell Westbrook. Like, Russell Westbrook, despite Durant, like, when we kick the crap out of them without Durant, like he's just he's like, what the hell do I have to do to stop this guy? And I'm like, you don't play defense all year. Now you're gonna play it against the, the best point guard in the in the league. You're about to get smoked. Oh yeah, you just did. Cause mm-hmm. Why? Because that dude's Steph Curry and you're not. <laughs> like as many triple doubles as you have, and you're gonna get your MVP with your triple double, which is historic. But you're still not Steph Curry. Exactly. You st- you still don't make your guy you you get you give more assists than Steph Curry and you still don't make your teammates better. <laughs> That's extremely well said. That's perfect. Cuz yeah, you might average more assists and more rebounds and you you still don't make your team better. That's scary. No, they don't. That's that that's why that's why to me I don't see him as to me I'm just not fully convinced that he's the MVP and call me crazy. I cuz I feel like Houston has Houston has gotten better because of the way James Harden is playing his position better. 
And it's and yes, the the with the absence of the the deduction of Dwight Howard, but at the same time he's he's being taught how to distribute better through Mike D'Antoni. In addition to that, and as a result, his supporting cast is playing better, and they're playing a lot better this season than they have the previous two years. I I, I am in complete agreement. And when I spoke with Rudy on the first time I was on your guys' show, that's exactly what I said. I said I'd give it to Harden because his team's better, and I I judge those things by wins. But now you've got Westbrook doing something that's historic, and ESPN is all up in his junk. And right, and he should and he should win the greatest historic season award <laughs> if there was one, because <laughs> <laughs> the most, valu- most valuable player. Well, that's that's, that's, not, that's, that, not what right? he, that's not what he is because this is the sixth seed in the association, and and he. He he get he puts up better numbers than the the reigning two time MVP and still doesn't make his his team better. <laughs> <laughs> That's this true, is a really right? good like point. MV, if, if, I mean, and there's a lot of ways. I feel like more more often than not, MVP just kind of means the best player in the league for that year. But if you're looking at the most valuable player, I, I mean, I it, that can mean so most many improved different- player, most improved player. He, he got really better between last year and this year. He should win most improved player. Or if there was like, you know, badass season award, he should win badass season award. I'll hear the badass season awards acceptance speech. <laughs> <laughs> this award, I had a badass season. <laughs> like, like my mama. I just well praise to God. <laughs> I've always wanted to have a badass season. And I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> Finally happy to have my first badass season. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hope it's the first of many. So many badass seasons. All I'm saying is next year we're going to try and have another badass season. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. So let's move on, guys. We're, 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 cutting. we're, we're at the 25-minute mark. We're starting to wind down here. I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, something that Raymond and I discussed on the Goldcast about three weeks ago. Or uh, maybe even four weeks ago. I know it was a while ago, Ray. You you said this, and then I'm going to talk about what I heard today. So Raymond, several weeks ago, said he believed that the Cavs would not make it to the finals, and he believed that if they didn't, they would lose to the Celtics. Now today, uh, which is a, was a pretty bold statement at the time, they were, they were still competing for first. Obviously, Boston now has the first place seat at the moment, but then today. Uh, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons' podcast, and he was doing his mailbag. I believe this was from Monday's episode. I think it was yesterday's episode. But I'm listening to it today, and at the end, his co-host asks him if he thinks that the Warriors would extract revenge on the Cavs this year, and uh, if this would be the year that all the teams that lost from those improbable comebacks from last year, if this year they would uh, get their revenge. And we'd already seen it with UNC and March Madness, Clemson, and now would the Warriors be the next team to get their revenge? And then Bill echoed Raymond and said he didn't think the Cavs were going to get there this year, and he thought that Toronto was the team to beat them. So uh, now I know, and I'm with you, Pete, this to me ruins all my dreams because I want nothing more than to watch Golden State defeat LeBron. And nothing makes me happier than watching a LeBron James team lose. And nothing makes me happier than watching a LeBron James team lose to a Bay Area team. That is like the greatest gift on the planet. But let's ask this. Looking at the NBA standings, you got the Celtics. Don't screw this up. Right, right. You got the Celtics in first. 
the Cavs in second, the Raptors in third, Wizards, the Hawks, the Bucks, the the part the place where it gets real murky with these teams are the Pacers, the Bulls, and the Heat. Now, the, let's talk about the Heat. Let's I think the Heat. The, the Heat are in one of those situations where they need to win and, and two other people need to lose and, you know, it needs to happen like this. No, and... they're in. They won last night. Oh, so they did. Are they in? I think no. so. No, they're not, not, not in a, yet. Not, a, not as of today. Yeah, okay. not yeah, they're not in they're not in as of today yet. They're still in the Chicago's ninth. Chicago's still the eight and the Pacers are still seven. Yeah. So Who's eight? Bulls. Oh, the Bulls. So if now the Heat, for instance, the Cavs haven't haven't beat the Heat in a road game in like the last twelve games. And now obviously I'm sure several of those games uh LeBron was on the side of the Heat. But even since he's come back they 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 haven't beat they haven't beaten them on the road in like twelve straight games. The Cavs, this you know what this team reminds me of a little bit. This reminds me of that fourth year Heat team where they were really inconsistent, really up and down, and everyone kept saying, "Oh, don't worry, the Heat are going to turn it on. The Heat are going to turn it on. They're going to turn it up another notch." You know, they're just kind of you know they're just kind of biding their time, and then they get they get to the finals. And then the Spurs just smoked them out the arena. You know, four games, largest deficit a team's ever lost by, and bye-bye. See you later. Now, this Cavs team, it, they, they remind me of that Heat team where everyone keeps seeing they're going to switch it and turn it on to another gear. I believe LeBron will, but I don't know if his team will. And remember, we talked about this last week. Pete, you and I talked about championship hangover. We talked about the acquisitions of his team possibly not gelling. So here we are, guys. The Cavs have now dropped into second. They're possibly in in position to not not take first, not have first place, not have home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs. Do you see a scenario? And Ray, I want to start with you because this was your first, you're the first person I heard say this. Do you see a scenario, Ray, where Cleveland? doesn't make it to the finals this year is that still very much a possibility for you i think so and i have to give credit to bill simmons because he knows basketball even better than i do um and one of the reasons why i believe him on the toronto pitch is because if this was last year's toronto raptors team which did make it to the eastern conference finals they pretty much only had kyle lowry kind of leading the charge and derozan was kind of a support character on the rise and now derozan has surpassed kyle lowry as the legitimate number one number one player on the team and you still have kyle lowry who's also a great player just came back from injury and he's playing great and so now i feel like that team is even in a better position so and and cleveland's most likely going to get past indiana i expect toronto to get past milwaukee which means that these two teams are most likely going to face in the second round and i think toronto's got a definitely got a good shot to knock cleveland out before they can even get to boston and that's assuming that boston can get past um Let's see. I think I would say Washington is probably the biggest threat out of that group. <clears throat> yeah, Washington's playing pretty good right now. John Wall yeah. is is playing his best basketball ever. Right. And There's I, a lot of young cats coming up on the rise in the good, East because he has every ta- every scam- every skill in the world. But with, when it comes to Cleveland, like I was hearing all all day today on the radio, um, and I didn't think it was a big deal. But I mean, when you think about it, um, Cleveland parted really hard after. Their championship last year. So what do they do last night when they go to Miami and they're not playing? 
uh, LeBron takes Kyrie Irving and a bunch of the other guys out to like the biggest club in Miami and parties with them all night. I'm like, they, they just, they're not taking it seriously. I mean, yeah. basically he's running this show there, gets to do whatever he wants. And, you know, it's, he's, he's got enough skill where he can turn it on at any time. These other guys, they don't, they're not LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James is the best basketball player on the planet. He can turn it on whenever he needs to, you know, the, the rest of these guys can't, you know, I mean, these guys got to work and they've got to work together and they're not, they're not putting the, in the work. So, yeah, uh, Golden State is like eat, drinking, and sleeping finals, and Cleveland is um, drinking up the overtime loss while resting their superstars. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And the, the other thing is, is that the East is a lot better than it's been in a lot of years. I mean, Boston. I mean, that we're have we're, we're discussing five teams in the East that are legitimately good. That that's different last year though last, last year years. there was one good team that was it yeah there was it i mean they cakewalked through that thing and they think that that's going to happen again and i've got a, a they're going to have a rude rude wake-up call do i think they'll still make it yeah because they have the best player on the planet and despite the, the re-emergence of team ball in the nba that still means something in the nba having the best player you know yeah I agree. Uh-huh. I, I still think I still I still don't think they make it this year. I feel I feel I mean when I said that earlier this year, I said like I feel like this year is a year where that could happen. But now I feel like now I almost feel like it's gonna happen. And I mean, it's, let me let me ask you this, Pete. Did you, I mean, right now, I mean, you have three teams. I mean, we said last year the East sucked, which it did. There was only one good team. But now you have three teams with three players on the rise, being DeRozan, Wall, and Thomas. Um, Of those three teams, um, do you think that – I think two of those teams, um, being Boston and Toronto, can knock out Cleveland. I don't think John Wall and Washington's ready yet, but they're they're pretty close. I'd say another year, and they'll they'll be a big. I think they can definitely push them. I think I'd have to agree with you. I think either either one of the the two, either Boston or Toronto, could. I think Toronto probably has the best chance because they're finally healthy, and they have two guys who can score at will at any time. They can score with them, and they play pretty decent defense. Um, Boston can because of the way they play. Um, they're able if they have if they have somebody other than Isaiah who can stay hot, then Boston has a chance. That's the problem mm-hmm. with Boston, though. Boston's a, I think they're a superstar short. They're 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 one guy. They you know they they're still a guy away. Like you talked about Houston being a year away. I think Boston's a year away still. I, well, I think so too. But I think Al Horford has been playing out of his mind um a lot like this this like coming down the stretch and that guy has championship caliber that guy has two national championships and he's been wasting away in atlanta and that's why he got the hell out of there he's like nobody ever wins in atlanta i have to get out of here and that guy has uh, real skills he was by far the best player on that on those two national championship teams everybody like loved (laughs) joking noah but like the real guy was al horford so you you said you think you said you think Houston's a year away from from being legitimate. Why do you think that? Well, I think not that they're not legitimate. I think that they're if they get if they develop 
You know, the Warriors and the – what's the two best things about the Warriors and the Spurs besides their players? They have this incredible system. Houston has the birth of an incredible system. And if they figure out how to play it better, I think that it can get even better. That another year in the system will be will do all of the role players. Because the system makes role players a lot better. Superstars are going to get theirs. Role players are the guys who benefit from systems. Look at Patty Mills. Look at look at all those guys from San Antonio right. for years. Boris Diaz, the the George Hills, the all those guys. Who plays? He plays for the Jazz now too. Yeah, he plays for the Jazz now. I mean, all those guys. Um, who's the guy who? Danny Green, the guy who makes all the three pointers in the corner. That guy's a total system player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he they know how to play within the system. I think Houston is. They they have the one guy who's really, really good at running the system who happens to be their best player. But their role players can be taken out of it. If you run those guys, Eric Gordon is not going to get it done. Um, they also do not play defense. Um, that that was – see, that, and that's leading up to my next question. Do you think that – because Mike D'Antoni didn't do that with the Phoenix Suns, and you could argue that he had a better – better team um in those players um including a, a two-time mvp do you think that he's learned from that era and that he's going to get these guys to play defensively and not just you know try to run up the floor like they do they, they look very similar to the phoenix suns run and shoot system <clears throat> true i mean that's what he that's what he put in and and even the warriors gave him credit but they have ron adams and you I mean, come on, Ray. Like you, you obviously know about basketball. We've had these conversations before. Getting James Harden to play defense is a novel idea, but it ain't going to happen. It's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, but that's if the thing, though. Does, but can, but can if this... he does, if he does, Mike D'Antonio deserves Coach of the Year. If he starts playing defense, he deserves Coach of the Year for like the next decade. Because I can't. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> like to. Hands down, give him the fucking award. Who cares what the record is? If he gets him to play defense, then sign off on. But here's the thing, though. So you, I think, but I think you just hit the nail on the head. So you know, he wasn't able to get it done with a very similar system in Phoenix. Do you think? Which we've said before, it's almost. I feel sometimes like the the off the philosophy of the Houston Rockets is let's take the offensive strategy of the Warriors, put it, put inject steroids in it, and like they're like. Like if the if um if uh if if the Warriors are the Joker, like the Joker villain in the Batman universe, then like the Houston Rockets are like Bane. And you know Bane? You know Bane is like right. he's just this giant roided out beast. Like I feel like that's what the Rockets are. They're like the Bane version. If if like if these are all DC supervillains, then the Warriors are like the Joker and and then then you 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 have to look at at Houston like Bane. They're like Bane. And so but Well, yeah, that that that's what would make a make it a uh a, a series between the Warriors and the Rockets fun to watch. I mean, there'd be 140 point games, but you got to understand that the Warriors the last couple times they played them, they just all all they did was run those guys off the three-point line and they had nothing else. And at the end of the day, like you block, you run them off the three-point line, get in their face. Contested three-pointers are hard to make unless you're Steph Curry or Klay Thompson. 
Yeah, but then, but then, but then, doesn't that go to our point that you know that even if they if they master the system more next year, that they're still because they're fundamentally just so offensively driven and just very you know they just don't care about defense at all that it puts them in a position that you know while this will be a flashy team, they probably they might never be able to get it done because they ignore defense. Oh, I, I, I that's why the Suns didn't get it done. Mike D'Antoni, unless unless some sort of crazy superstar like Kawhi went to Houston, like I don't see him ever raising the trophy, the Larry O'Brien trophy. I never see that happening. I think that you could see them in the Western Conference Finals because Houston could run San Antonio out of a building, you know, especially if not this year, definitely next year. Um, as they get a little older and slower, I mean, Kawhi is going to his powers are only going to grow. But the supporting cast around him, they just keep getting older guys. I mean, as much as I love David Lee, he's one of my favorite dudes in the league. He's a great he player. He can't go. He can't. He couldn't guard anybody. Like no, he can't guard my grandmother, and she's in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> like he just can't. <laughs> like. And she's blind. She wouldn't even know. He still could have guard. Yeah, he, he's a great mid-range shooter, and he's great in the paint, but he cannot defend. He's a defend. great passer, and he's a great teammate, and he still can't defend anything. Like, he couldn't he couldn't protect himself with a flak jacket and a shield. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's like, so but, true. I mean, Pal Gasol is just going to get older and slower another year. So Houston might be able to take over that mantle. But I've been saying that about San Antonio for years. And every time I think that, like, okay, San Antonio's demise is coming, it never happens. Because, and that speaks to the greatness of Greg Popovich. But yeah, Greg Popovich, and, all, and they also have a good GM. They they still have they help they still have some free agent appeal, obviously, because they people see that and they say five five rings out of six chances in fifteen years, and that's still the best win you know championship win ratio in the association in that stretch. They um, are despite, the gold standard, despite man. Despite all the times that LeBron James has gone there and failed. <laughs> <clears throat> Three out of what ten, eight chances, something like that. Well, no yeah, matter so what, I I know we all agree that Cleveland they have to, they will die, they will fall this year, but it has to be in the finals against the Warriors, and we will settle for nothing less. If the basketball gods are just and true, which they've they've denied me so many times, I mean, but let's hope let's hope that we get this because it it would be it would be extra sweet. I mean. The NBA, well, the other thing I heard today, and I like your opinion on this, guys. I was hearing this. This was a big thing. I'm like, I don't really like JT the Brick, but he's on when I'm in the car most of the time in the morning. He's all right. He's, be- <laughs> he's, he's better than Haberman and Middlecoff. Yeah. And um, he he was saying, you know, that and, – and I heard this all day because they kept bringing it up all day about the um, – that the, the, the ratings are down for the NBA – that they might, and with all the rest and all this other bullshit, that they're going to, you know, the rest might get involved in this series, if you believe in all these conspiracy theories things, um, to make sure that, that the Cleveland Cavaliers get into the finals. Oh. And I'm not out of, the, out, of the, out of the realm of possibility, but it's possible. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that's happened if you believe certain refs and certain biographies and certain books, you know? So, it. It wouldn't be the first time, but it would be. I mean, honestly, if if any it's, team would get a lot of calls, I mean, outside of Houston, it's, 
it's still going to be a hard. That's that's going to that would be it's a, still a hard scenario to orchestrate considering the rise in competitive talent in the East this year as compared to the previous two years. True, true. I mean, this is by far the only year where I will actually be interested in what's going on in the East. It it reminds me it reminds me very much of the 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 middle years eleven and twelve for the Heat when when Boston and Indiana were just nipping at their heels with those two teams and remember the like I remember Indiana had fought all year for the first place seed and then lost in the Western Conference Finals and what and what I considered a heartbreaker because I was just dying for them to lose to uh dying for the heat to lose to indiana pacers i was rooting for them all year to beat them but those were like those were the last two years i believe it was 11 and 12 i think are the years i'm thinking of that um that where teams posed a challenge to lebron's whatever lebron team he was leading and then when he went back to the Cavs, there's been nobody again till this year this is the first year that it resembles they resemble the 2014 heat and then the 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 division uh, the the conference that they're in right now the East resembles you know I'm gonna say more 12 than 13 I thought 13 was a little bit more dominant if I'm remembering correctly but uh, I think that this uh, I think no matter what you never want to leave it up to the refs having uh, on your last point but I think that in terms of the teams this Cavs team is very similar to the 2014 Heat and the conference very similar to 2012 2013 Eastern Conference. Pacers and, and Celtics. Yeah, it should be interesting, though. I'll, I'll give it that. It'll be a lot more fun. Yeah, definitely be a lot more fun. Now we got more more rising stars in that conference. Yeah, I mean, I like my dad being the diehard Celtics fan that he is. Like, I talk to him about the Celtics all the time, and we were both like, "Wow, I can't believe they didn't." I mean, Al Horford was a good get, but we were like, "I don't think this is going to make that much of a difference." And how much? every player on that team has improved is a testament to patience and, and like letting them do all this stuff. Cause they got all these draft picks. I was like, why don't they get some big name guy? That team's a lot better. That team is a lot better than it was last mm-hmm. year. Like head and shoulders. I mean, Al Horford is good and provides leadership, but the rest of the team, like all the ancillary players around those guys are good and they've gotten better and they've grown in confidence and they, you know, I mean, college, college. Uh, I think the NBA is a lot more entertaining to watch. I think, um, you know, college basketball is god awful. But you know, and and it can be said about John Wall and Washington. They got a, they got done with their gripes with him and Bradley Beal, and they're a lot better. Um, you know, there's a lot of young up and coming European big men in the East that are good too. Or actually, mm-hmm. throughout, the, throughout the NBA, which is kind of crazy. They're all on shitty teams, though. <laughs> well, well, they're getting all, better, all, man. All the foreign players are on shitty teams. Yeah, Christoph Porzingis <laughs> is like, wow, I came all the way to America to play ball with Carmelo Anthony, and uh, yeah, it sucks as, as much as advertised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, let's wrap it up there, guys. We'll we'll uh, we'll check back in later next week, and uh, when things are, uh, we have a much clearer picture, and hopefully, we do get the uh, the finals that we want. Raymond, before we sign off, where can they where can they find us? You can find us in the same locations that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. In case you weren't listening, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/the-goldcast. 
You can also follow us on Twitter at the Goldcast underscore. Make sure to add the underscore at the end there. That's how it works on Twitter. And Instagram, the same moniker, at the Goldcast, as well as subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher. Like, follow, subscribe. That way you are on top. You get notifications whenever we go live, whether it's Rudy and I and Old Man Davis or special guests, the Zimmerman. Um, do it. It's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe, you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ray, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me usually on Twitter at Ray Solis, uh, although I spend more time talking sports uh, via our Goldcast handles. Yeah, yeah, definitely check us out on Instagram and Facebook. That's where we have all of our tons of updates. You can find me at Rudy Solis 3rd, Rudy Solis 3RD. If you're holding. Uh, an alcoholic bottle by Southern, you've probably know Pete. <laughs> That's where you can find <laughs> yeah, it. Find me at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. And our special guest, PDZ. Pete, hey, thanks for being on the show, buddy. Anytime, good fellas. Thanks a lot. Hell yeah. We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, this is the Goldcast.